Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. And today we have Tom Holderly with us today. He's with Sales Acceleration. You can tell by the sign right behind him. Tom, welcome to the program. Thank you, Umar. My pleasure to be here. When sales managers were like little tykes, they thought, how can I increase sales? And that is easier said than done because a lot of times getting the team that you're leading is like herding cats because salespeople are so awesome at excuses. So what do you think the first lesson of sales leadership is? Well, I, you know, one of the areas that I, I see opportunity for a sales leader is to make sure that they have a, a defined sales process in place. That, that can go so far in so many different directions. You know, for example, if you don't have a defined sales process, it makes it very difficult to scale your sales team. It also makes it very difficult for training. And, hey, and training is another area. I'm, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to cut in here, Tom, because, you know, come on, Tom. Do you want me to sell or do you want to follow a stupid process? You make up your mind, which, of course, sales process is absolutely important because you don't know what's not working and what is working without one. But salespeople push back. It's like, hey, dude, do you want me to sell or do you want me to follow a process? Tell me what you want to do. So we need it. But how do you get the salespeople to buy into it? Well, that's, I mean, sales, sales is a process, you know, whether, whether that process is in your head or if it's defined and repeatable and trainable, um, even, even sales reps that, that wing it, they, they have a process to wing it. Um, Absolutely. So, it, you know, it, it, it's very, you know, this not, not to overcomplicate it, but um, sales is very basic. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a process. You follow that process. Um, the way that, to reward that and to enhance that is to provide tools and things that follow that process and help salespeople um, gain value from that process. Absolutely. And if you let your salespeople have all have a different process, then you can't diagnose what's going on or you have to be like a therapist for your 20 sales reps. But if you have a defined process, what I find is on step number three, whatever it happens to be, you've got one salesperson that is doing something slightly different and they're killing it. And it's like, oh, what are you doing differently? Let's make that part of the process for everybody and everybody improves. Whereas when there's like 10 different processes, it's hard to figure out what's going on. Absolutely. And then, you know, then as you uh, move into what types of tools are you going to use to manage that process, that becomes almost impossible if you don't have a defined sales process. You can't tailor your tools to manage it if you've got people all kind of doing things differently. Absolutely. So I'm going to give you like a generic sales process, and then we'll kind of go down each path of it and take a look at best practices. So world according to Umar get the appointment. So that's cold calling, prospecting, whatever we need to do to get that first conversation. Number two is doing the presentation. And during that presentation, figuring out what's going on for the customer and what we're doing, handle objections, close the deal, 
and then go deeper into the account and referrals. So that's five steps. Let's take a deeper look at the first step. How do you get into a conversation with a total stranger? What would be the best practices to get a stranger on the phone or on Zoom or uh, on Tinder? Well, first of all, I think even before you start that, you, I, would, I would back up even further and say step one is have a plan. Um, step two might be even to define who your target audience needs to be uh, before you start cold calling, because the, you know, the first step is going out to be to target that audience, make sure you're getting the, the right appointments with the right people um, you know, before you continue in that process. And, and okay. today there's, there's so many tools, you know, as far as um, how do you find those people? Um, networking, networking is huge. Networking is bigger than it's ever been. Um, tools like on LinkedIn, you know, Navigator, things like that, where you can do more targeted searches to find that right. Okay. So, so let's talk about, let's make it very specific. You and I are both in the business of talking to VPs of sales to get them to hire us to make their sales forces better. So we say, okay, we are looking for VPs in the uh, tech space. So we get a list of those, however we get it. So give me an outline of a plan to get in front of VPs. And then let's take a look at the first step of getting appointments. Okay. Um, One one thing also is that, and this is a a weakness I see in many sales forces, is not being able to uh, articulate your value prop. Mm -hmm. So that kind of goes into that pre-work. Make sure that you fully understand and can fully articulate your value prop, because that's definitely going to be something you're going to need once you get that appointment. Um, so as far as getting that appointment, depending on, you know, let's say you're using like a, like a tool such as LinkedIn Navigator to find people. Um, I typically, when I'm using Navigator, I'd limit it to no further out than, than second level connections. Which is still like, you know, 300 million. So yeah, sure. a lot. So, so that, that then helps you because that means that you know somebody who knows this person that you're trying to, to get into. So that, that can help you as far as, uh, maybe getting a, a referral in that, um, hey, I, I know this person who knows that person, so I'm going to use that connection to help get that appointment. Um, the other thing, too, is that fe- features and benefits selling it is, is gone, okay? You need to make sure that you fully understand the, the customer's business, the customer's issues. So that's going to require some research, quite a bit of research, actually, before that first phone call. You know, you, you want to make sure that you I have an understanding. And, and the key thing is to have um, specific questions and things that you want to ask, but listen. Another mistake that m- many salespeople make is they talk too much. Um, All right. Ask a question and, and listen. Yeah. So let's say, okay, we've defined a company. They're called ABC Company. We know that they're looking to expand on the West Coast, so they need their salespeople to do better. And we know who the person is. How do we get them on the phone or get them on email? What's the process you would recommend to get them to uh, engage with us? There's a, a lot of different ways to go about it. I probably w- would start with you know an, an email or like I said, if, I, if it's a second level connection, start with a LinkedIn connection uh, to, to build that rapport. Um, and then follow up with phone calls from there. You know, it, it, mo- most people, it, it takes um, about seven times of reaching out to somebody before you're going to get an opportunity or, or you're going to get any sort of response. So be persistent. So pop quiz. After how many times do most salespeople give up? Because they don't stick around for seven or eight times. 
Uh, I would say they probably about three. Turns out two. Okay. 44% of salespeople give up after two attempts. And that's why they remain B players. And the A players are like freaking animals. I was at uh, a real estate company and one of the realtors actually got a deal from this guy. And the leader of the team said, uh, how long have you been trying to reach, get this guy? Says a while. How many times did you send him a message? He goes, I sent him 21 texts. The 21st text hit him at the right time when he was doing it. And he forgot about the other 20. He wasn't mad at me. It was just like, oh, I'm glad you reached out. So dear salesperson, do not freaking give up. And you think you're being annoying. They don't remember you. They don't care about you until they do. Yeah. One other tip I would throw out there is that um, if you're you're reaching out via phone, the ideal time is is within uh, 10 to 15 minutes of the top of the hour. Because that's when people are, most meetings start on the hour. So most people are at their desk and they're preparing quarter till, 10 till. Um, that's the, your best shot to get, really? catch somebody live. And, and Fridays. Um, a lot of sales reps are, oh, I don't want to bother somebody on a Friday. Um, you know, because they're, they're trying to get out of the office early or whatever. Fridays are a good time to catch people. Also, I find Thursday afternoons uh, for me are like phenomenal because people are trying to clear their decks for Friday and they're at the desk actually working. And the other tip is this, is that you've been trying to get a hold of uh, Tom for like three weeks. He's not there. I call Tom up and Tom answers. Soon as he answers, the other three people I've been trying to get that have not been answering, whatever time I got Tom, usually I can get one or two of them on the phone at that time. I'm not sure how the universe works, (laughs) but once you get a hard to find person, get the other people on the phone immediately and magically more times than not, they happen to be there at that time. Absolutely. All right. So we've got the conversation with the person and they say, okay, Tom, I'll do a meeting with you. So when you're doing the presentation on that meeting, whether it's, let's say Zoom, that's what we're doing. That's what the new world order looks like. So what are your goals when you go in to do the presentation on Zoom when you're talking to a customer? Step two of the process. So for an, for an initial face-to-face or you know, one-on-one, whatever, uh, the, the goal is going to be to, to learn more about their business, learn what, um, what challenges they may be facing. And, and one area that we, we miss is how do they try to get a better handle on how do they feel about that? You know, what, it's not, it, it may not be enough anymore just to talk about, well, what, what happens if you, if you miss this goal or what happens if you hit this goal? But but personally, how, how would that make you feel if you hit this goal? Try, try to evoke that emotion um, and draw that out. And once again, listen, um, ask good questions and listen. And one of the ways to listen, here's a tip, is to watch the person's lips when they're talking because mm-hmm. it gives your mind something to do. Your mind is so powerful and so fast that the person you're talking to is talking at 120 words a minute and your brain processing power is 80,000 words a minute. And one of the ways to keep you focused and grounded is to watch the person's lips. And it just gives you something to do and you pay attention and the other person can feel it. It's like, oh my God, nobody listens to me. Not my kids, not my wife, certainly not my salespeople. And that also builds a connection. So let's say you gather information, you find out that, you know, I've got a $50,000 problem, Tom, you uncover, mm-hmm. and now you're in the sales presentation side. How do you do the ask? That's a tough one. So uh, as far as asking for the order or? Oh, so it would be like this. So let's say you're a VP of sales. Mm-hmm. So Tom, uh, earlier in the conversation, you were telling me that you've got two star players on your team that are like walking on water. 
but you got eight salespeople that could be doing so much better. And you estimated that if they could actually get more appointments, that would add another $7 million to your bottom line. Did I hear that right? You of course say yes. So what have you done in the past to fix that problem? Because obviously it's not fixed. And then we go into the pain process and it's like, hey, this is what we do best. That's exactly why we should be working together, Tom, because we can solve that for you in the next 60 days. Absolutely. Yeah. What would you like so, to do? Yeah. So some yeah, question, absolutely. Um, statistics are good. Um, asking that person once again, if you could get those other players up to speed, what, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to the team? Um, what happens if you, if we don't, how, how much longer can you endure, endure the status quo? And once again, try to evoke those pain points, find out, um, you know, how, how big is this? You know, for some smaller companies, I've asked, what happens if you miss your goal? You kind of get, that's not that big yeah. of a deal because you know, we're privately held. Others, it's like, well, wow, if we don't get this goal, you know, the we're going to run up against some of our covenants and things like that. And, it, you know, and it, it's a disaster. There's a different level of urgency and, and trying to draw that out and fully understand that helps because then you can, you can sell to that. And absolutely. I think the first step that we didn't talk about that was just assumed by most people is that initial phase where you build rapport and you build trust, the more trust you build up front, the more they're going to reveal their cards to you and the more honest their answers are going to be. But if it's just like, uh, hi, I'm a sales guy. How are you doing? What's going on here? And there's not that trust built up then people are going to hold their cards to their vest. So what are the, oh, sorry, go ahead, Tom. You were about to say something. Another tactic is, um, in your example of what you've got, you know, several performers, you know, and, and, and several non-performers, you know, it's more of a consultative, more of a, you might say a doctor patient mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah. I I've seen this before. I can help here. You know, here's what I've done in the past to help fix this problem. And here's the outcome. And here's how those clients felt after we got this thing solved. So take, taking that dynamic, once again, to your point, helps build trust. It, it opens the door for further, uh, you know, conversation, and it, it's definitely more engaging. So, tell me, Tom, in your world, as you see the world, what are the three biggest objections salespeople get? Price is always up there. And yeah, price, absolutely. Yeah, you know, we don't have the budget, whatever. Um, you, you know, some uh, sometimes it's it, it's. A lot of times, though, price is just a, it's an easy out. It's a red herring, um, uh, of course. So yeah, price so is one. What are the other two, do you think? Other, other two is, um, you know, we're, uh, we're not ready to do that right now. Yeah. Um, not the right time. Yep. Yeah, uh, you know, another objection is, well, I, I, I need to go to seek approval, you know, from others in the organization. I'll add the fourth one in. Uh, we already got somebody doing that. We already sure. work with a consultant that's doing that. So how do you teach people uh, to handle those objections? So well, let's do the price one. Uh, so sure. I'm going to be the customer. You're going to be the sales guy. You're selling me sales training. It's like, Tom, we just don't have the budget for that right now. Exactly. So so once again, going back to your non-performers, um, if we were able to bring your non-performers up to speed and grow the company by whatever, you know, five, eight million dollars, whatever that number might be, you know, what what is that worth? You know, if you look at it, if you're, you're going to spend whatever you're going, to, you're going to spend, you know, X number for for sales training, but that small amount is going to equate to X millions in top line revenue. Ten X it, baby. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know that that's that's pr that's pretty cheap. Um, if, if not now, when? How 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 much longer can you go 
with with the status quo. You know, if you don't invest now, what when is the ideal time to invest? So let me understand this clearly, Tom. You said that, you know, in six months you want to do it and you're saying you're losing $10,000 each month on lost revenue. So you want to go 60,000, let your competition have 60,000 of your dollars and we're just going to charge you 5,000 to fix it. That doesn't make sense to me. Help me understand that, Tom. Something like that. If you don't have the trust, they're going to say, F you, get the hell out of here. But if you got the trust, they have to kind of go, yeah, I guess we don't want to do that. So well, it's, it's kind of like the old expression, you know, the, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Yep. The second best time to plant a tree is today. It was this like really famous British guy in India and he's talking to the gardener and he wants to plant this uh, olive tree. And the gardener says, you know, I can plant it, but Saeed, it'll take a hundred years before it bears fruit. The boss guy goes, then we don't have a moment to lose. <laughs> Plant it now, baby. Yeah. All right. So we handle so, objections. So go ahead, Tom. You were saying? Well, I, I was going to say, speaking of, of sale, you know, of uh, you know, bringing sales teams up to speed, sales training. One one thing that I've run across in my past quite a bit it, it it's a um, it's a catch twenty two. Many organizations, when times are good and and they're selling pretty much anything that they can, their response is, "Well, we don't need sales training." Of course. And then, you know, then, then the market turns and, and things are in the tank. And then the response is, well, now I don't have the budget for sales training. And, and they live in this constant, you know, vicious circle. And as a result, they never, ever get to any sales training. Yeah, it's always feast and famine, especially when you've got a one-person show. But even if you have five sales reps, if you're training them that, you know, in good times, everybody eats. And what we need to do is really... What it comes down to is the discipline of sales. I think sales has a level of creativity to it, but the basic, basic stuff you need to do. Like I know some of the most successful realtors in North America, and these people still do open houses. It's like, I love open houses because I get new clients from open houses and mm-hmm. I just do those. And younger realtors, like, I don't want to do open houses. There's no business there. I'm just wasting my time. Why are they making me do it? It's like the master's. Any sports team in the history of humanity, when they're failing, they fire the manager. It's like, get the hell out of you, bum. And a new guy comes in. What does the new guy say on the first interview? Yep, we're going to be going back to the basics because that's what freaking counts is those basics. So we took the process from who's the target, doing the research, getting the appointment, doing the presentation, handling the objections. How do we ask for the sale? Because that's like an important step. And the reason I mention it is that it is mind-blowing how many salespeople will talk around it, but won't freaking ask, Tom, cut me a check, baby. Let's make this happen. So how do you coach people to ask for the sale? Well, well there's a lot, of, a lot of different ways to do that. Um, some are very, very direct and overt. You know, is, is this something you want to move forward with right now? A question like that, or, uh, you know, something about... Um, I just lost my train of thought. Um, other other questions about, um, you know, when would you like to start? Um, what what other information do you need from me, you know, to make the decision? You know, different questions like that. But there's there's kind of those, those soft you know closes. There's the hard close. There's the people that have been you know dragging on and on. Where you come back and say, you know, um, I'm I'm about ready to to kind of close the file. And, you know, so if you, if you want to move, if you want to continue conversation and move forward, please let me know. Otherwise I'm kind of closing the, the, the file and moving on. You know, they have that fear of missing out element to it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you get them to say yes. Exactly. 
The last step is the number of salespeople that have a tough time asking for referrals. Right. Because they, they feel like they're going to be desperate or some kind of bullshit like that. So how do you coach people to ask for referrals? Because the people that ask for referrals are actually 4Xing their counterparts in sales, which is huge. And that's a super easy sale because that customer trusts Tom. And when Tom says, hire Umar, all I need to do is show up and not screw it up. Right. Exactly. You know, some, you know, being in the consulting business, um, asking for referrals, you have to. And same thing I would, with your real estate example. So as I engage with a client, um, I'll ask right off the bat, you know, hey, if you are satisfied with how this process is going with the results, I would, I would appreciate a referral. You know, different kind, two couple different kinds of referrals. One, would you write me, write a referral for me on my LinkedIn page? Two, uh, you know, who else do you know that could benefit from the services that I've just delivered to you? Um, another way that's not really a direct referral, but it's a way to, to, to broaden your pipeline is ask, who, who, are, your, who are your top competitors? Right. Um, why, why ask that? Well, ask well, that because obviously, you know, if, if you've solved the problem in a, you know, let's say like banking in any given vertical, if you've solved the problem for, for one bank and you, you, you know, it's an easy entree to go to other banks and say, hey, I fixed this you know, for old national down the road. And I think, you know, I, I think there's an opportunity to fix this for you too. Brilliant. So that's in a nutshell, the sales process, mm-hmm. get the appointment, do the presentation, handle objections, ask for the sale, ask for referrals. So Tom, before we part company, I've got a few questions for you. Number one, Tom, what makes you happy? I like helping people. And I like seeing, I like seeing the results, the, the tangible results of, you know, like we talked about, somebody has a problem, we work together, we fix it, and we, we see the better lifestyle come out as a result of it. Brilliant. Last question. What is one technique, mind hack that you use to be more effective, more productive, happier, better closer? What's one tip you could leave people with that they could implement right away? Um, I, I would say I have become much um, better at uh, using some of the tools that are available, whether it's, um, I, mean, I, I live off my calendar, off of my phone. I, I didn't used to be like that, but it, it, it's like it, any any little meeting, any conversation that I've got set up, it, it's got to be on my calendar. Um, without that, uh, you know, I, I lose track of appointments, things of that nature, but just the org- organization. And, and and part of that is spend spend 15 minutes at the at the end of each day recap, okay, what'd you get done today? What do you need to get done? And then build that plan for tomorrow. Do it while it's fresh in your mind, do it at the end of the day. And at the beginning of the day, take another 15 minutes and plan what, what is the most important thing for me to accomplish today? And you, and you adjust your plan accordingly, but spending, a lot of people are just too busy. They're running around. Um, they, they don't just take that quiet time at the end of the day. And at the beginning of the day to critical, to critique and, and develop their plan. Brilliant. Tom, thanks so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Sounds good. My pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free 
mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming and that is the fastest way to get better results.